Coffee Time Theology. Yeah. Kia ora, and welcome to our podcast, Coffee Time Theology. Yeah. Yeah. We're your hosts. I'm Grace. And I'm Stu. And it's so great to have you back listening with us again. So great. So today we're going to be talking about wilderness. Yay! Yay wilderness. Do you think yay wilderness is the appropriate response? It really depends on what you think about wilderness Mm. and how how you feel about outdoor activities like hiking and stuff. Well, Well, we'll come back to that. But did you know our podcast is on all sorts of podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Overcast and I don't know, other ones? So, if you haven't already, maybe you should like and subscribe to our podcast and then you'd be notified whenever we put up a new post. Post? Episode. Episode. Today we're going to be talking about wilderness. What does, what does wilderness look like to you? What do you think of when, when we say wilderness? Um, I've got like a barren plain kind of in my head. Like an empty aeroplane? <laughs> like it's, you know, like... Brown grass. Oh, yeah. And like like tundra, maybe. Tumbleweed. Tumbleweeds and just like. Some guy in cowboy boots. Yeah, and maybe like the skull of like a yak or something. And It's not a yak. It's like a bull, isn't it? Like the traditional cow. I don't know. You know that image I'm thinking? Wildebeest. Like an image of like a skull. There's the skull. And and it's got horns. And there's the music. Yeah, so that's what I think of when I think of wilderness. Yeah, I, I think of the Wild West. I also think of like green spaces because we have lots of those in New Zealand. We have wildernesses that are full of uh, lush green native plants. Lush is also wilderness for me and not only the the dry and the tumbleweed. I guess I never would have connected wilderness and lushness. Let's talk about wilderness in the Bible, eh? Yeah, there's there's quite a lot of it in there, actually. Yeah, theology of wilderness. Ooh, Ooh. that sounds fancy. Yeah, there's a lot of wilderness in the Bible. Uh, in fact, we talked about some of it last week in Genesis. Yeah, in Genesis 2, when God creates the dry land and there's no water, so there's no life. It's just a dry wilderness, like the kind you were talking about earlier. Mm, with the dead. I don't, I don't think there was a yak. <laughs> it's not a yak. I don't know why I said yak. Like the wildebeest, you know, the yak. Yaks live on mountains, eh? Like snowy. They hadn't been created yet, too. Yeah, but they live on like snowy mountains. I don't know where yaks live. I have live. no idea where yaks live. I just... You know, I'm thinking yetis, maybe. That wasn't a question I was prepared to answer today, Stu. <laughs> no. Okay, so wildernesses in the Bible. I mean, I think the the big one that I think about is, you know, the wilderness. Like, the Israelites got lost in the wilderness. For 40 years. For 40 flippin' years. It's a long time to it's be lost. real long time. Do you imagine we talk about children who have only known COVID, right? Yep. You know, like... This idea of there are kids who have only been at school during COVID. The 40 years in the desert, they'd be like families raised and all they've done their entire life would be like wander around in the desert following the cloud. Walking around in circles in the desert. So that's, I mean, that's the big desert I think of when I think of deserts in the Bible. But then there's, you know, there's some Jesus desert. There's one that's particularly relevant at the moment because in the church calendar right now, it's the season of Lent. 
And that's when we think about the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness. That's a different kind of wilderness because he actually went looking for it. Yeah, it's quite different than the Israelites' 40 years in the wilderness. 40 days, though. Yeah, okay, there are similarities. It's almost like a callback, an yeah, homage. Almost like those might be related. Hmm. Hmm. We going to talk about that? Probably not. Probably not. All right, well, those are probably related. You should look it up in your next Bible study. Between those two wildernesses, there's, there's quite a few others. We don't need to list them all out, but some significant ones for me have been getting to know the story of Elijah, and there's a time when he's really scared and he runs, he runs into the wilderness to connect with God. And there's also a wilderness in Jonah where Jonah first runs away to the ocean and then he runs away into the wilderness. And both of those times it's because he's angry. Just to take a step back here. Mm-hmm. Now, Elijah and Elisha, mm-hmm. one of them was an angry, bald man that set bears on people in the wilderness, right? Yes. Okay, cool. That's all. I just, it's one of my favorite stories to tell. And we're not going to tell it right now because I just think that little teaser is just really important. At some point, we're going to have to do a podcast on, on that episode just so that <laughs> Stu can talk about it. But it's not going to be today. It's not going to be today. Sorry, Jonah. You're talking about Jonah. This episode should be called Grace Tries to Talk About Wilderness and Stu Keeps Interrupting. I mean, isn't that just all podcasts, though? <laughs> I guess, yeah, probably fair. It's the whole format. It's that Grace tries to talk about something and Stu's... Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, someone tries to talk about something and someone else interrupts. All right, all right. Sorry. It's fair, though. So? John, Mr. Mr. Baptist guy. Mr. John the Baptist? Yes. Yeah, he uh, he spent some time preaching in the wilderness, wasn't he? He came out of the wilderness mm, to announce that his, Jesus like, was coming. Matty, gross beard. I don't know if that's specified or if that's just a mental image you have. But oh. wait, 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 hold up. He came, he came out of the wilderness okay. and he preached that Jesus was coming and he... Eating locusts and honey, right? Yep. Yeah, like there's no way that didn't get in his beard. Did he, did he have a beard? Wasn't he a Jew? Fair point. You know, like they all had beards. It's the law. Literally, the law was to have a beard. So he had a beard. Mm. He and was he dressed. He would have got honey and locusts in it. He was dressed in clothes made out of and camel he hair. He wouldn't have had a beard comb. And he came out of the wilderness. Okay, he came out of the wilderness to preach. and To preach. And then he went back into the wilderness to continue preaching. And people came out into the wilderness to see him. And he baptized them there. Mm. In the wilderness. So they were baptized in the wilderness. Okay, so then that's John. And then Jesus. Why did Jesus seek out the wilderness, Grace? Because John was there. And Jesus needed to talk to John. And he needed to be baptized by John in the wilderness. Okay, cool. So he went to the wilderness for that specific reason. Hey, I'm going to go see John. I just really need to be around his locust honey beard and hear what he has to say. And feel his beard. And feel his beard. And then, and then he leaves? Well, no. That's when... He spends his 40 days in the wilderness. Mm. The spirit calls him to wrestle with actually some quite big stuff while he's in the wilderness. And if you read in, we're in Matthew chapter three and four, you can see that this is the time when Jesus is sorting through what kind of a Messiah he's going to be, what kind of a man he's going to be, and what kind of ministry he's going to have over the next three years. I think we really see that in Jesus's answers when he's tempted, when he leaves the wilderness. Because if we look at the actual Bible passage, you know, there's like two lines that's Jesus was in the, the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry. Doesn't tell us a lot about what we're taught. I think it's a fair statement, 40 days, 40 nights in the desert. 
Probably a little Probably bit hungry. Probably quite hungry. Yeah. yeah. But then straight away in the passage, he gets tempted. You know, it goes to the passage where he interacts with the tempter. And his answers to that, I think, show what he's been dwelling on. You know, it's a showcase of what Jesus has been doing in the wilderness and what he used the time to wrestle with, with God to know who he is and know who God is to him. So he he goes into the wilderness, and before that we don't really know a lot about him. This is still right at the beginning of the story. And this is an opportunity for him to communicate who he is after he's wrestled with it and has come to terms a little bit and grown in himself and his confidence. So I guess the wilderness is actually a, a good thing in this space. Yeah. Well, here it sounds like it was hard, you know. It was 40 days and 40 nights of being hungry. That's a lot of being hungry. It's a lot, yeah. But, you know, even though that was probably really hard and really scary for him as a person, he would have been stretched and he would have grown in his capacity and he came out of it confident in himself and his ministry and knowing where he was going. You could say that there's actually a lot of pros to being in the wilderness, you know, in the stories that we're talking about. Yeah, all of them have various different, really wonderful things that came out of them. So, because I think of the Israelites, yeah, right? like we were talking about before, the wilderness, wandering for 40 years, there's actually a really powerful richness and closeness that's kind of described in there. When you talk about the literal pillar of fire, or, you know, I called it a cloud before, which isn't quite as exciting as a pillar of fire that physically leads the way, leads the way, and is just like, a lot more dramatic. A lot more dramatic than a cloud, but leads the way and signals that God is with them. There mm. is this closeness, there is this safety. And then alongside that, manna from heaven. Yeah, the food that came yeah, the every day. food that came every day. There's, there's a lot of safety and closeness that they find in the wilderness while maybe not being there for the best of reasons. Yeah, it's a lot of, there's a lot of trust bound up with being in a scary place. It's sort of the, the two sides of it. And that it's it's terrifying and it's unknown, but God is the closest to the Israelites there that He ever was, and He He fed them and He led them every day, and that was actually a really great time of safety in a way for them. And Jesus goes into the wilderness and wrestles with God forty days and forty nights without food or water is a long time. There's obviously some kind of sustenance. You know, there's something in that that Jesus connected with God. While maybe not physically safe, I think you'd you'd make an argument that he was spiritually safe. Yeah, he was in God's hand in some way. And then the the others we've talked about, Elijah and Jonah. Elijah went into the wilderness when he was feeling unsafe around other people, mm. uh, and he found safety in God there. And he found in the wilderness a renewal and a refreshing and a cleansing and a fresh wind of energy to continue his ministry. And it's interesting when you think Jonah, because, you know, the first time we think about the wilderness, if we're talking about the ocean, mm -hmm. you know, the, the fish. The big fish. Yep. The big fish. That's not wilderness on purpose. You know what I mean? That wasn't a, I'm going to go into the wilderness. That was a, I'm going to run away. And God's like, nah, you're in a fish now. Suck it up. Suck it up in the fish. And, you know, like. Get in was, the fish. Get in the fish. There was direction and cleansing. And, you know, through the wilderness stuff, Jonah actually accepted what God was asking him to do. Decided to actually follow God's instructions. Yeah. Yeah. And then. The, the other wilderness that Jonah has at the end of his story is him wrestling with his feelings about God following through on his promises 
when Jonah didn't want him to. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a good story. It's a thing to to wrestle with. And so I guess it's a good place for wrestling in the wilderness. Because yeah. like Jonah really had to do some some pretty intense self reflection. And what? Who am I? What do I expect of God? Why is He offering forgiveness? I don't think He should be. Yeah, it's some big stuff, and He does that in the wilderness. So there's all sorts of reasons that people go into the wilderness here. There's there's some that have been sent into it as a punishment, and there's some who seek it out intentionally because they know that that's where they can be close with God. But all of them are going into this place of the unknown and the scary and uh, not knowing necessarily what your next meal is going to be. Through that hard time in each of these stories, they came out closer to God. They came out safer and more confident. They came out looked after and they came out cleansed and renewed and with more direction. So it's, it's currently Lent. We're in the season of Lent where we reflect on these, these 40 days. You know, we, we yeah. think about Jesus's life and ministry and the preparation, I guess, for that, that was in the wilderness, the, the time of cleansing, the time of direction, the time of him wrestling with who he is and who God's called him to be. And that's a kind of an apt season for us to be, to be thinking about right now, because here in Aotearoa, we're in this season of, you could call it maybe wilderness, you know, it's been, been two years. I the, think unprecedented times. <laughs> Uh, the keywords that everybody has come to hate over the last two years. I think that that counts as wilderness. Mm. You know, it's it's the unknown and it's scary and nobody knows what the next step is going to be or what it's going to look like. For lots of people, it's been a time of reflection. And in a lot of ways, there's some great learnings about ourselves and our communities and our families that we've all had through these times. Yeah. And I guess... The, the challenge, you know, the call for us in these times of wilderness is to maybe try and focus on that, the potential pros. Yeah. You know, like if you think about the wilderness with no food, if you think about the woe is me, we can't find the promised land, we're stuck in the wilderness. I'm going to sit on I'm a rock and watch the tumbleweed go and by. I'm just going to be grumpy. That'd be a terrible 40 years, 40 days. It'd be, it'd be quite hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually really easy in times of trouble, times of strife to, to focus on the, whoa, what's that face for? Oh, just the Beatles came into my yeah, head. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, the times of, the times of trouble to focus on, woe is me, life is hard. And there's a place for that, right? There's, there's fully a place for acknowledging, hey, this sucks right now. But it's, it's also really easy to miss that opportunity, I that, guess, that the wilderness, the wilderness times in the Bible often show us, you know, that God can look after us, you know, can show us that there's an opportunity here for direction. You know, there's an opportunity here to be close to God and to kind of wrestle with who we are and what comes next. To be cleansed and directed and to learn more about ourselves. Mm, the big things, eh? Yeah. As far as our pro-con lists. I think there's way more on the pro side for having time in the wilderness. Mm. It's just Oof. that it's scary. It is scary. And that's a hard thing to do, right? Can you imagine if every time you're like, hey, this thing's hard, it's like, yeah, but imagine how the good that could come out of it. Eventually, the person who keeps saying that, you're just going to want to slap him. Just being like, yeah, cool. I acknowledge some good would come off, but I still hurt. I have no space for your toxic positivity. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. 
But I think in this in this season of Lent, it's actually a, a thing to remind ourselves of. You know, in this this season of Lent, understanding that the wilderness is for a time, understanding that the wilderness can prepare us for something new and positive that we don't know yet. And I think that is something to hold on to. Yeah, because if if I take it all the way back now to Genesis 2 that we were talking about last week, God created the dry land and it was a wilderness. It was barren, it was dry, and nothing could live on it. But then he brought the rain and then he brought the Mm -hmm. living water. Yeah. And then there was life and joy and that living water is promised to all of us. So, yeah. There's a lot of wilderness in the Bible, eh? There really is. And I think, like, there's a lot of wilderness in life. Again, yep. Yep. And I guess in this this time of Lent, again, it's that reminder to not just look at the wilderness, but look at that there's an end to the wilderness. Know that we can be wandering around and not knowing where we're going, but we're in God's hand. We can trust, we can find safety, and we can know that we will step out of the unknown someday. So, take a deep breath. Know that you are loved. Drink more water. And have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.